Winter has come to Kepler, West Virginia. It is late December, and the reliable crowd of -of out-of-state tourists has nestled into Kepler's hotels and resorts, seeking an authentic, snowbound holiday retreat. Twinkling lights cover the town's buildings and streetlights, and a freshly cut, garishly decorated tree stands in front of City Hall. It's nighttime, and not a creature stirs in Kepler's festive streets. But up the road, to the west, a van speeds down State Route 66. The vehicle, emblazoned in the ancient logo of the Monongahela Forest Service, is driven by one Rick Dannon, the agency's chief arborist. With his working day of tending to the forest's trees behind him, he has packed up his tools and left the forest to head home. But through his windshield, the winding highway begins to vanish before his eyes as a sudden, furious snowstorm materializes in front of him. Thick, white flakes whipped into a frenzy by a powerful wind blanket his vision in seconds. Panicked, he bears down on the brake pedal and wrestles with the steering wheel, attempting to maintain control of the vehicle and pull over to the side of the road. And then, as quickly as it appeared, the storm passes. The van's wipers kick on, revealing the road before him. Rick breathes a sigh of relief, then turns the wheel, pulling back onto the highway to continue his commute. The van pulls away, down the winding highway. It passes out of view behind the mountainside. Moments later, a crash echoes through the pines. Duck Newton is pulled from his slumber shortly before sunrise by the ringing of a telephone. On the other end is Ranger Juno Devine. She informs him that Rick Dannon died last night in a car accident on State Route 66. No foul play is suspected. I guess anytime you call Duck Newton, there's some foul play. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, oh, oh. See, is it is it the my time, Griffin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Justin finally coming into his own? Uh, yeah, Justin, is your body's going through some. You're going through some wonderful changes <laughs> of life. Okay, um, that was not my that was not my role. That was my get the get the command in there. Uh, but um, I need to do my. Uh, I need to have a vision. Uh, that is true. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we roll two d six plus weird, or I guess in your case minus weird. I love that you keep taking stat upgrades, but you've never upgraded your weird because you're still so spooked out by all this shit. Here's the thing: the only thing it's good for is use magic, and I don't have magic powers. So what's the sure? Point? Sure. Um, not not so I, yet. So in fiction, I guess like <laughs> I woke up, they called me and say said Danimal is dead, and I said, ah oh, shit. I'm going back to sleep. I have to have a I have to have a vision about this. <laughs> Hold on, let me do a prophecy about it, and I will be back with you around eight thirty. You guys, I had the strangest dream that I got a phone call that Danimal was dead. Uh, go ahead and give me a two d six roll. Oh Fuck. my god, Justin! Oh my god, starting arc three off with a fucking bang. It's a two, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's a two minus one. It's a one. It's the worst possible vision that i could have i mean here's what i'm gonna say canonically griffin i feel like with a role of this caliber duck will have something bad to him i feel like he's also pissed himself like i think (laughs) i think if he has a vision that is this bad he has to have wet the bed oh my god like maybe maybe in the vision he has a vision about using the bathroom yeah yeah and in real life he just lets go 
no, this is going to be a bad vision. And it also means I get to take a hard move on you in the future, um, which last time was quite bad. Um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly when I'm going to cash in that shit. But here is your, here's your vision. I think that I think this is the dream you were having when you were awakened by the phone call uh, from from Ranger Juno Divine, um, and it it came to you like sort of all of your visions come to you. Uh, there's there's something about it. There's something about this thing that you can see in your dream that makes it different from sort of the other dreams that you that you have. There's something very there's something very vivid about it, but there's something also kind of. Um, artistic if for lack of a better term about it uh there is something almost like like you're looking at a painting or something like that um and the vision that you see is just stars um not necessarily like you are you know laying on the ground and looking up and looking at the stars but it's just stars and it, it, there's there's no moon above you're just looking up into the stars almost like you're in them and you see this for like a long time. I think this is a long vision. Um, for for several minutes, you just see these stars, and then one of them appears to be getting larger, and it's kind of at the center of your view, and it's getting larger and larger still. And then you realize that it's not a star at all. What is approaching you is a meteor, and it is coming at you faster and faster, and as it collides with whatever your point of view is, you wake up to the sound of a telephone ringing. It's about as bad as these visions get, I think. Yeah, it's like not great. So it is December. We are about to start our, our third arc, our new hunt, our new monster. And I think just sort of like to set the scene and get some get some of that good character juice i'm curious like what the holidays are like for each of you obviously aubrey this is your first sort of holiday season in in kepler and you're living in amnesty lodge and you've been there for for now for you know four months or so uh so i think you're pretty well settled in there um but ned and duck you've lived in kepler for some time and i'm just curious like what what the holiday season is like for each of you it's kind of weird for ned uh growing up he was always very much uh Big holiday guy, love, you know, family get togethers and, you know, all of the cousins and uncles and aunts and grandparents getting together and enjoying a meal. But, you know, with the way his life has developed, you know, kind of a life of on the shady side, he's kind of had to give that up. So holidays are not a big time for Ned. He wishes they were, but, you know, he's usually ends up watching the Macy's parade and, you know, eating a cup of gruel. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, sitting in it. Gruel. Where does he even find gruel? <laughs> he he makes it himself. He makes like an it old himself. sad recipe. Hot, Hot Pockets gruel. Uh, I don't know if oh. you've seen those or not. They're really Ew. nasty. But he just sits there in the dark with TV on watching Macy's <laughs> and, you know, hating on that Al Roker guy. And, yeah, uh, good. It's just, um, uh, it's just, yeah, they're just not that, a lot of fun. Dig that beef deeper, Dad. Go for it. Yeah. Um, what about the what about the cryptonomica? Is it? Do you do anything special for your uh, for your local business in the holidays? I, well, you know, a, a feeble attempt to to decorate. Try to have like some special oh events. God, it's even sadder. It's like sadder to put a yeah, bunch of strands of lights. It does make it even sadder, and and you know nobody comes. You know, Ned's trying. Uh, so most of Ned, he's he's decided he's going to have a uh, he's going to have a uh, a Christmas special on Saturday Night Dead, and so he's kind of you know concentrating his energies there, so he doesn't you know see how sad his 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 familyless life is on the holidays. So he's gonna he's gonna have a special couple of movies on the Saturday Night Dead, and uh, just kind of throwing like, himself like into his work. what movies, Don. Well, there's that. Uh, what's Santa. the one that MST3K did about like Santa the Claus killers? versus the Martians? Santa Claus versus the Martians yeah. would be a Maybe good choice. Jack Frost, <laughs> but the scary one, the Michael Keaton one. I don't remember being especially scary. I mean, I guess he dies, and that that is inherently kind of scary. But he does come back and learn like a very valuable lesson about you know family and neglect. He's a ghost stuff. that haunts a snowman, Griffin. Yeah, no, it's pretty scary. It's spectacular. Duck, what about you? Uh, so ducks. 
sister, uh, Jane, is not in town. He would usually spend the holidays with her, but she's doing um, mission work in Honduras. So she is not here uh, currently. So he kind of hung out with friends. He didn't feel too sad about it. It was never like a real big thing for his family. Um, a lot of friends were in uh, from out of town. He spent a lot of time... Uh, doing like bar trivia and karaoke and just kind of hanging out with, with pals that had come back into Kepler, people he'd kind of um, lost touch with. Uh, but so, I mean, he didn't uh, feel too bad for himself. It, like I said, it's not normally a big deal, but with Jay not there, it wasn't really a chance to do like family kind of stuff. Uh, he just kind of palled around with with folks but it was you know it was nice it was uh it was good to see some of those folks that he hadn't seen for so long so all right uh and aubrey what about you well aubrey doesn't really do christmas aubrey celebrates yule Mm -hmm. or the winter solstice that it started when she was kind of a teenager and it was like a rebellion against her parents and like leaning into the magic persona um, so I would not say that Aubrey identifies as Wiccan, but over time, as she grew older, she actually like did the research into it and found that it seemed to be a purer uh, form of the things that we associate now with Christmas. Sure. And so it became more traditional in her mind and a lot more about like more of the spirit of it without all the stuff piled onto it. Um, that kind of thing. And a lot less about, you know, family. And I think a lot of that now is because she does tend to be on her own a lot more. So she doesn't really have a lot of traditions that, that kind of date back to family times. Boy, we are a damaged bunch. Yeah. No kidding. Um, that's good stuff though. And I think that's kind of the aesthetic of amnesty lodge, just a lot of sort of, uh, festive, warm, welcoming sort of uh wintertime decorations and in fact um let's let's jump to that so it's a, it's a few days uh before christmas i want to say it's like the 21st or so and uh on the in the afternoon uh, mama has called you all into amnesty lodge to discuss your next hunt uh duck and ned as you arrive and aubrey as you go to greet them you all enter a a a very festive scene in the lobby it's decorated with uh garlands and wreaths and the hearth is roaring in the center of the room providing some much needed warmth to combat the the very cold weather outside uh jake and danny are hanging up some more decorations here uh in the in the lobby area and uh moira is tinkling away at the piano trying to figure out some uh, some holiday standards sort of by ear. Um, they probably don't have the, I mean, they definitely don't have those in Sylvain. So she's trying to sort of master them on her own. Uh, and Mama emerges from her office and uh, she's walking with a cane made of this dark sort of gnarled wood. Uh, it wouldn't surprise you if she made this cane herself from some stuff she gathered uh, in the woods behind the lodge. Um, and she gives you all sort of a, a faint smile as she sees you all. And she says, well, it looks like we uh, looks like we got the band back together. How y'all been? Good. You know, my sister Jane was doing missionary work in Honduras, and normally I would spend the uh, holidays with her. <laughs> but uh, I had some friends come in from uh, out of town. Oh, that sounds and, nice. Uh, and I th- and I wanted to communicate this to anybody who might be listening somehow, and I thought this might be a more organic way of uh, doing it. Yeah, sure. I- <laughs> That's I've, a strange way of uh, just sort of conversing with another human being. But uh, I'm doing I'll, well. They have a, a two for one a, a bogo sale down at the A and P on um, Gruel Hot Pockets. So, <laughs> all right, Aubrey Sounds looks happy, up. Happy holidays, her, everybody! Aubrey looks up from her book and says, "I celebrate in like a it's not really traditional so much as it's my tradition." And back to the book. All right. I feel like I knew all that about all y'all already somehow. Uh, I don't know if maybe it's because we knew each other for a while and just I sort of bump on some sort of psychic link level with y'all. But um, thanks for thanks for coming. We uh, well, we got to talk and I'm thinking we might want to have a change of venue thanks to the the proximity of our special guest. And she sort of gestures towards the dining area where you all see uh, Agent Stern. We uh, haven't and- killed him yet. <laughs> No, uh, man, is, we are slipping. 
He's drink. Yeah, it's a different age from the balance age, Damn. where you all. Uh, it, maybe it's just because you can't find like a good cliffside to huck a body <laughs> off of uh, discreetly. Uh, but he's drinking some cider, and he is uh, he's going over a lamp lighter with like a red sharpie uh, circling what you assume to be leads for for his own monster hunt. Um, oh, not just like corrections. Uh, he's probably doing a little bit of that also. It's sort of a one-man operation with, with Kirby uh, leading up the publication. And so, you know, there's probably not much copy editing going on there. Um, but she leads you all down into the cellar, which looks completely transformed from the first time that you saw it, thanks to sort of your own modifications and Barclay's general cleanliness. Um, and you catch him down here as you enter. Uh, he's sliding a tray of food under the net that is sort of covering the kitchen area uh, where you see Thacker, who still looks unkempt and uh, like vaguely inhuman, but he he appears to be a lot more docile than he was just a, a you know a, a last month. He uh, doesn't he doesn't seem to respond as the tray slides to his feet. Uh, he just kind of sits perfectly still in the center of the kitchen, just kind of kind of clutching his knees and looking down. Um, and after you all settle here in the, uh, the secret HQ of the Pine Guard, uh, Mama says, all right, so, uh, a couple updates. Um, first of all, Thacker hasn't really gotten any more lucid since I brought him back, so no real developments in the find what's bringing monsters to Kepler and stop it department. Um, I don't really know if he knows anything that he didn't write down in his journals, but, um, until he snaps out of it, we're just going to have to remain in the dark on that subject. Have y'all y'all managed to get any leads on you know seeing where all this stuff's coming from? I should have put some time into it, honestly, but I I uh, I was real busy with family over the holidays, so I didn't make much. Uh, you literally just said you didn't have any family in town over the holidays. Damn it! <laughs> I mean, it's damn it's it. fine if you couldn't dig anything up, but you don't got to lie to old mama, you know. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, duck! <laughs> you don't have to beat yourself up about it, duck. I mean, ah! Pope, you know, Pope, he's nerfed. You got to calm down, all right? Damn it. All right. Well, duck's having an episode. I tried to lie, and it just don't. I just don't flow. I don't know how y'all do it. Oh, it's easy. Piece I mean, I was trying to be kind. All right, well, it'll probably be a lot easier to investigate that stuff when we, you know, actually have a monster on our hands. And that kind of brings us to our, our next subject. Um, it's three days to the full moon, so we're, we're in the window now. And I keep my ear to the ground when we're in the window, you know, looking out for police chatter, uh, you know, freaky shit coming into St. Francis, uh, social media. I'm all plugged into all my sites. Um, What's your follow count? Are you verified? I'm not, and I got about 31. Is that good or bad? How many do you follow? That's really, you have to do kind of, it's a ratio? Yeah, I follow about 300 or so. Ooh. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I know I ain't going viral yet, but they, I ain't seen I ain't seen nothing on, uh, you know, well, Google I, Buzz or nothing You were like really that. popular on Vine until that shut down. I'm sorry about that, Mom. Yeah, it's a shame. Reeling. Yeah, I did it a lot for the Vine, so I, I haven't, I haven't seen or heard nothing especially abominable yet. So y'all y'all got any ideas on y'all heard anything that might be kind of out of the ordinary? Is it safe to assume that like, well, you know what? It's probably nothing. I, I, I don't, I don't know. It didn't seem particularly spooky to me when I heard about it, but, um, a friend of mine, a sort of, sort of friend, uh, Rick Dannon, he died last night, and there there wasn't any um, foul play or anything suspected, which is not that big of a surprise, I know, in this region. The thing that kind of tripped me out about it was that Rick Rick and I used to work together, Rick Dan, and we called him the Danimal. Uh, and we used to work together, and he's the one, when I, when I was first coming up, he's the one who taught me to the uh like how to handle the vehicles and how to be safe in the snow and always put your uh uh, uh chains on and and everything and it just I, I don't know if 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 somebody was going to have kind of, that kind of accident wasn't like brought on by some drunk driving idiot or something like that it it seems I don't know it's it's probably nothing I I don't know I'm just kind of talking out my ass but it, it 
it's the only sort of thing that has stood out to me recently is like, I don't know, a little weird. Mama shrugs and she says, I mean, right now, I think it's probably the the best lead we got so far. If we got a death that you think is even a little bit suspicious, I, we, I think we should probably check it out. I'll, um, you know, honestly, Mama, even if it isn't ghosts and ghouls or whatever, uh, I would like to know what happened. Rick and I had a, a rough patch uh, there there at the end. And uh, I don't know. I'd just like to know how it all shook out. Um, I, I am sorry about your friend, Duck, and I, I think that's I think that's a good idea. I think that's probably our best lead we got right now. So, how about this? I'll um I'll keep pounding the pavement and keep my ear to the ground, and keep my eye on, uh, you know, uh, that's three metaphors. Lock. You got any more? I'll keep sort of uh, my head to the to the grindstone, my nose to the grindstone. Ow. And, um, maybe I'll, head on a swivel. I'll keep my head on a swivel and you know keep my ear open for any anything else I can hear uh, that might sound kind of freaky. But why don't the three of y'all go go Mama? check out the yeah? Can I go to Sylvain? Yeah, I mean if you if you want to, I just I. In that last thing, I accessed some new stuff, and I've been reading these books, trying to make sense of it, and I feel like I'm just reading, like, the same sentence over and over again, and there's the, uh, you know, Minister of Magic over there, and I, 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 I have so many questions. Yeah, no, I think it'd be a good idea. I mean, the, you won't be able to go through the gate until tonight, but um, yeah. I, I, I think if you want to head over to Sylvain, you, you should. You're free to come and go as you want now. I don't need, like, a permission slip or anything? No, you just need to get the moonlight on the gate and head on over. Okay. But for now, why don't the three of y'all and Barclay go check out the scene of the crash and see what you can find out, see if you see anything that looks particularly monstrous. Is it snowing, Griffin, in, in Kepler? Uh, I don't think it's snowing right now, but it's uh, it's it's like it's going to be pretty cold outside for a while, and so uh, all the snow that has fallen is still kind of on the ground. Oh, so there's I, snow. That's what I mean. There's there snow. is snow. Yeah, I think Public Works like does its best to keep it off the the roads and the highways, um, but I think like this is probably an area where snow tires are kind of a necessity. Um, and yeah, there, there is there is snow. I got new chains on the Lincoln, my friends. Okay, Jacob Marley. Um, Mom, I have a quick question. May- or suggestion, maybe? Idea? Barclay's great, but maybe we should take someone who also knows about, like, snow and, you know, kind of winter terrain and maybe see if Jake's free? I mean, we don't usually take Jake along on Pongar business, but if you think we need a snow expert, um, I guess so. I, I wouldn't send him into the mouth of a dangerous situation. I wouldn't send him into the lion's maw, but it, I, if y'all are just going to check out, you know, the scene of a crash, I, I guess you could take old Jake. You okay with that, Barclay? And Barclay, like, nods. He's just been a little bit down. We had a run-in with some neighborhood toughs, and they kind of gave him a hard time, and think it really got to him um uh, yeah i just want I, him to f- feel a little bit more part of our group you know yeah for sure i think that's a sweet gesture why don't y'all take jake cool ice down to the uh the scene of the crash and i think it'll cheer him up to see a you know a place where a man recently died <laughs> <laughs> i like your instincts there aubrey i think that'll be real good for him cool it just sort of confronts sort of the terminus of the mortal coil that we're all standing on and sort of realize everything. Well, look at the way breath. he leads his life. I mean, he's reckless and he doesn't care. He needs to have an appreciation of death. Okay, so the cool eyes that I'm an insurance salesman. <laughs> you know, death could come at any time. <laughs> I had to confront that thanks to a dear friend that was trying to cheer me up once. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, so the three of you head back upstairs at Amnesty Lodge. I want this scene of, I think Jake Coolice is like walking to the door. He's just finished helping Danny decorate, uh, and he's got his board and sort of his gear on and his goggles. His board's freshly waxed, and he sort of waves. He's like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? Y'all look like you're in a hurry. Well, Jake, um, we have got a very important mission we're going to go investigate, and I don't think we can do it without a snow expert. 
I mean, I know a lot about snow, but... And he leans in close because uh, Agent Stern's still kind of in the adjoining room. And he says, is this, um, is this Pine Guard business? Yes, it is, Jake. Yes, it is. You're getting a call, man. He looks fucking psyched. He's like, oh, man, I fucking... Yes, I knew it. I've told Mama for such a long time. Like, I've got, I've got what it takes to 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 save the day what now, are we doing is there like a is there like a, a mummy or something you need me to slow down up? rook we're yeah. just yeah. getting started this is the beginning but we'll see you know you keep your head on a swivel your nose to the grindstone you keep your ear to the ground keep reaching for the stars you reach for the stars <laughs> and we'll see how it all plays out uh, he says, all right, let's go. And he sets his board down. And uh, the four of you now head outside towards Ned's Lincoln. Uh, and as you step outside, it is, it's is—it's the weirdest thing because you just sort of walked in the front door as you came back up from the cellar. And this wasn't there before, but now it is there. There is, uh, sitting in front of the door, a, a small card. And uh, as you sort of approach it, you you sort of survey the card. It is written on sort of a uh, a, a fancy white stationery with a lacy red trim pattern uh, around its border. Uh, and at the bottom right corner of the card is a stamp in red ink. And that stamp has a design uh, of a paw print inside of a thick red circle. Uh, and written on the card are three bullet point items that... Oh, yes, if you remember, that's sort of how we're doing the economy in uh, in this game. It was just such a threatening and scary way for it to pop up. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> yes. A, a, I thought you were about to introduce a serial killer character to the show. <laughs> the Red Paw. Uh, written on the card are Heathcliff's bounties, which are a lawkeeper's symbol, a seer's badge. spectacles. First one's a badge. A seer's glasses. spectacle. Glasses. It's glasses. Glasses. And a victorious seed. Some semen. <laughs> From a really good sports guy. <laughs> get hunting, gumshoes. <laughs> Go get Michael Jordan's semen. <laughs> Michael's secret stuff. Get Michael's secret stuff. Dad hey, met- guys. It's me, Michael Jordan. I just moved to town. Dad met Joe Namath at San Diego Comic-Con, so we got an in there if we want his champion seed. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your dungeon master, your best friend, and your plumber. Where do you where do you keep the shitter? I'm running out of those. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Zone. Amnesty is the first episode of a new hunt, a new arc, a new ch- chapter. I don't really know how to separate the stuff in Amnesty, but uh, I hope that you're enjoying it. I hope you uh, sort of enjoy the monster we got ready for you this time. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right. Powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis... How did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. 
You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Got a couple jumbotrons here. This one's for Sarah, five foot seven, Marin, three foot eleven, and Bucket, huge. And it's from Jolene, six foot five. I'm not making this up. Uh, Jolene says to, uh, to the other three folks of various sizes, thanks, hashtag Bard Times, for empathizing with my feelings about dragons and very tall women, making Tiefling and Sarah playlists with me. Oh, that's very good. Uh, encouraging my consistently terrible seduction-based ideas and being this plane's most fun outlet for my imagination. Your enthusiasm for reckless creativity inspires and alarms me. I love you. Hell, friends. Have dreams. It's a very good message. Sounds like a, a, a very good, I'm guessing, D&D party, although it could be some other role-playing thing, or this could be their real lives, in which case, that's pretty cool lives that you have. Got another Jumbotron here. This one's for Kindle, a.k.a. Dadinport, and it's from Josie, who says, Surprise, Daddy. Remember how you told me what... It's hard for me to say that word unironically, which I, I think this is, but I, I, I can't be quite sure. Remember how you told me once that it's impossible to get a Taz Jumbotron? By now, you should really know better than to tell me when something can't be done. I'm either in Wyoming or Panama when you read this, but at least I know we're still doing the same thing every other Thursday. I miss you and love you lots. Love, your kiddo, Josie. It's a very sweet message uh, that really does drive home just how valuable these Jumbotrons are. They are um, they're worth their weight in gold. Which is probably accurate because a podcast weighs nothing. I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the the Zonecast hashtag. Uh, if you do that, you might end up as a character on the show. Uh, characters like Eugene, named for Eugene Archibald on Twitter. Thacker, named for Sam Thacker on on Twitter. Uh, Janelle, named for Cruzy Art on Twitter. Uh, a lot of characters there. So if you want to uh, get get your name on a character on this show, uh, use the uh, the Zonecast hashtag when you tweet about the show. And we really appreciate you spreading the word because that's uh, how we have built up this audience uh, that that we have for this show. And we are just so appreciative of of all the work y'all do to put it in front of other people. Uh, I also want to thank Max Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the uh, great shows there. Shows like Bubble and uh, Story Break and the Beef and Dairy Network and so many more at MaximumFun.org. Um, so it is uh, around sunset and uh, the four of you arrive uh, at the scene of the crash on State Route 66 
which is just sort of around this like sharp hairpin turn uh, around a hillside. Um, and about halfway through the turn, the guardrail has just been demolished. Uh, and next to it, you see a forest service van that has been hauled out of the woods uh, sort of beyond the guardrail. Uh, the front of the car is just crumpled. There's uh, bits of woodland debris that are sort of stuck to its grill and sort of in its its shattered windshield. Uh, there's no body that has long since sort of been uh, carted away. Instead, there's just sort of the the remainder of this of this crash. Uh, and parked just in front of the van is a Kepler Sheriff's Department vehicle with its lights flashing. Um, and as you all sort of arrive without any troubles because of Ned's expert driving and uh, good snow tires, I couldn't think of a great adjective chains. there. Great chains. You all uh, exit the, the Lincoln and well, the... B- before we do, I want to yeah. prepare Jake just okay. a little. Yeah, let's have that. Jake, have you uh, have you had driver's ed classes at at your school? I didn't really go to school, and uh, we don't I'm really 43. have forty three. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we don't have cars in Sylvain, they, so you, you recognize they, they what like a these, wild. They show these films, yeah, in driver's ed class that I okay. thought might that might prepare you for what you're about to experience. But never mind, never mind. It'll be fine. Okay. Is there going to be a monster when we get there, though, or what's up? You never know. That's why you got to keep your head on a swivel, kid. He looks... Now you've made him worried, uh, and he continues to look worried as you arrive and uh, get out of the vehicle. And as you do, the driver of this uh, sheriff's department car uh, steps out. Uh, Duck, you, and Ned maybe, depending on... You've probably had run-ins. I think we've established you've had... Not not necessarily criminal run-ins, but sort of distrust from the sheriff's department. Uh, you all recognize him as Deputy Dewey, Zeke's uh, second in command. Uh, he's just this like tall, awkward, uh, kind of young guy, uh, and he's he's not especially well dressed for the cold. I think he's just like wearing a short sleeve shirt, and he does not look especially comfortable out here. Uh, and he approaches you as you all step out of the car, and he says, uh, "Folks, I'm gonna need y'all to keep moving down." <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh shit, Duck! What's happening, man? Hey, dude. Oh shit! Why do I sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dewey, what's going on, man? Ah, uh, you know, just sort of camping out in front of the uh, scene of it. The- oh damn! Oh, that's right. You knew Rick, didn't you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh man, that's a bad beat. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, it's it's all right, Dewey. Hey, are you still doing the? Uh- that thing where you pretend with all your friends to do, like, dungeon hunts and stuff like that, you throw tennis balls at each other? Oh, uh, LARPing? Yeah, yeah, um, LARPing, that's it, shit. Yeah, we do a little, you know, creative anachronism here from time to time. Um, head down into the park and we do, like, a, I do a woodland elf, his name's uh, um, Zeph, Zephius, and he is uh, a warlock, so I do a little bit of that on the side. Hey. Man. You, you want to come do that with us sometime? Yeah. I, first, though, I love the sound of this Woodland Elf character. Can you tell me 70 hours of stories about him <laughs> and his friends and all their kind of adventures? Um, I mean, maybe. I you got time. Like- it's fun. All right. Well, <laughs> are you trying to fucking make it so that balance is a creation of <laughs> Deputy Dewey's mindscape? No, I just want to try to please everybody. You know, some people prefer that, so I figure here you can have. <laughs> there is a there's a shocking amount of our listener base that like wants there to be ties between all of the different universes yeah, there we make. Are. I think I think if this is the tie between if Amnesty is just if balance is just the fever dream of Amnesty's new side character deputy dewey uh that would maybe not be there the are, most satisfying there are connective ties that it, it is one yeah. coherent planar verse okay no um it is do, the all right planar verse i like planar verse though dewey uh dewey says yeah um yeah i mean we can talk about that some other time when i'm off the clock but um i, I kind of do need y'all to um i i mean this is like I don't know if it's a crime scene or what, but we're, you know, we got to investigate and look into it and wait for the, the tow truck to come and take the car away, take it to impound so we can take a look at it there. But, um, yeah, uh, so it's nice to see all y'all. I'm going to head back in the car cause I'm freezing my, my, my nards off. So, um, yeah, do y'all need anything though? Is there any trouble? 
coffee? Are you saying you want coffee? Because I'm not a... I'm not equipped to give you coffee. I don't know okay, what that has. I mean, you asked. Uh, I'm going to I'm trying to think if there's anything useful. Hey, Dewey, let me just. I'll just straight up ask you before I start spinning dice. Um, Dewey, <laughs> anything seem? I don't know. Off about this? You've seen some crash sites and stuff like that in your days. Anything seem weird? Um, I'm trying to decide if I think that you, I think I could sort of just by your conversation, I think Dewey kind of knows you and he knows that like, this is your buddy who died. And so, um, I, let me say this though. I do think that you can make a rational argument and I don't know why I'm trying to make it harder on myself. You could make an argument that like, I don't, I think you could make the choice that if maybe you don't have a lot of authority, you're a cop in a small town, like maybe you don't have a lot of power, you might tend to get kind of territorial about other like branches sure. I think if, of, you know, officials or however you want to put it. I think if this was Sheriff Zeke, I think that'd be true. I think Deputy Dewey, I don't think you need to convince him just to talk to him. I think if you want to like actually like investigate the car and investigate where the car crashed and see what like visual clues you can find. You'll definitely have to, but I think this is just a role in investigative mystery talking to Dewey to ask him questions about what he knows. I think he'll, I think he'll just tell you. Okay. I will say though, a lot of my, a lot of my investigative mystery though, questions are specific to the creature, which he's not going to yep. have any sort of insight into. Yeah. Well, there is a, what happened here. Maybe he can interpret the accident. Uh, yeah, I mean, he will. He, I'll tell you this: Dewey, Dewey may not know much, but he may know one or two things. And if you ask the right questions, okay. you'll get that information. If you ask, if, if you ask the wrong questions, he won't. I want to grill him. Six plus two, eight. Okay, that's a mixed success. On a seven and nine, you hold one, so you get to ask one question: What happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? Hmm. This doesn't have to be the only investigative mystery thing that you guys do here. In fact, I sort of envision you doing a a few. So, um, let me ask yeah, the, don't... the broadest possible. And uh, it seems obvious, but you've seen a lot of crash sites and stuff like that. What do you think really happened here? I'll tell you, just because you know it's your is your friend. It might be hard to hear. Are you sure you want to know about this, Duck? Yeah. All right. I mean, we can. I, I took a look at sort of the tracks in the ground. Obviously, we need to get a detective out here or something, at least the sheriff, to come out and give me his opinion. But my opinion what happened, um, he he drove through the guardrail, went down the hill a bit, went into the trees, and hit the trees at you know considerable speed. And uh, that uh, he, he probably died on impact. So I guess that's at least the, um, you know, the... The one benefit to this is he didn't didn't hurt much, I guess. Um, wait, okay, but wait, what was the what was the weather like when this happened? It was it was uh, you know snow on the ground. The road was relatively clear. There's a little bit of dusting on the ground, but I mean the there was seemed to be no issues with. I mean it wasn't snowing in Kepler when it happened, so I don't really I don't, I don't think weather had anything to it do. with It just doesn't make sense. As the weirdest thing though, Duck is there weren't any skid marks on the ground. There weren't any skid marks on the ground. There wasn't a second set of, uh, you know, uh, of tire tracks. So it's not like they had to dodge out of the way or something. It wasn't like they slammed on the brakes to get out of the way of, like, a deer that was in the road. They just kind of just, like, they just went. They just went through the guardrail. And that was that was it. They went through the guardrail real fast. And that was it. So I, I, I it's hard for me to discern, like, a, a, a cause. And, yeah, I don't know. Is the, the brake fluid intact and everything? I mean, the car got pretty fucked sure, up, yeah, um, yeah. but uh, I've, I've, it's hard to tell about the brake fluid. Hmm. Griffin, could I try? So I want to do read a bad situation, not because I want to read a bad situation, but because I want to use my third eye. Because um, it's like uh, tied together. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you could still ask like a, a question here off the list. And Ugh. yeah. Not great. What'd you get? Uh, it's only a five, so I can't read shit. On a five, I make a hard move against you. Uh, I would say unless somebody wants to help out, but that would only give you a plus one and uh, would open them up to sort of uh, uh, another another bad thing that could happen. So you don't really notice anything. Uh, you don't really notice anything bad 
Aubrey. You don't seem to notice anything sort of magical. Uh, you get the sense that you didn't, you weren't necessarily attuned, uh, but you you don't notice anything. Hmm. Then instead, I'll I'll turn to my friend and rookie partner Jake Coolice. So, uh, what's the plan? You need me to take the deputy out so y'all can what? get a look at the crash no, site, or not yet? <laughs> Here's my question for you, Jake. You know this area. You know the weather, right? You know snow and the woods and stuff. Do you notice? Anything like you know, trees, broken limbs, uh, you know, anything like that. There's something weird. It, okay. it, it, and he points to the snow. And he says, "I know snow. <laughs> I know what a, I know what a nice sort of uh, a nice sort of coating of fresh powder looks like. Right, cakes down, and it's, it just forms sort of a solid surface. And he points kind of down the down the hillside, um, not really where the the car crashed, but just off to the hillside. And and you do see like a just sort of this this carpet of snow uh, just everywhere. Um, but it's not like it's not flat. It's not perfectly flat. It almost looks like pockmarked. It almost looks like there's there's just kind of like there's little very very small divots that you definitely would not have noticed if Jake had not pointed them out to you. But there's something sort of peculiar. It's not just this perfect flat sheet of snow. There's 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 pockmarks. Um, so not like over. not like footsteps. Small. No no no. Like way 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 smaller than that. Is it in any kind of trail? Nope. It's just kind of all over. I think that's it. Ned, you want to do anything? I I have questions about. The body. I'm, I have questions about what killed uh, the Danimal, um, but I don't know if this is the place or you know hmm. if Dewey yeah. would have any. If Dewey would have that any, seems like it a stretch for Dewey to like reveal the. Yeah. Well, Dewey have, did. Have, Dewey did say he died from impact of the car what crash. The fuck he did. Does he did Dewey say that. To know? Yeah, I mean he he was probably he's probably saw the body. Right. Okay. Ned's kind of a car guy, right? Yeah, have we established that? Like, uh, yeah, for sure. uh, Hey, Ned, take a look at this van, and I know it's a little bit fucked up, but do you see any reason that the brakes in this van would not have worked? Um, As you all approach the van, Dewey kind of steps in front of you. He says, "Now, hold on, guys. That's that is a we do need to still sort of do a proper investigation." Yeah, Dewey, do you like magic? Hell yeah, like magic, David Blaine fucking, uh... Yeah. Yeah, he, he does the thing where he spits up, he barfs up the frog. I see that. Makes me want to yeah, barf. Yeah, right? And, like, it, would you like to see... I'm... I don't want to brag, but, uh... All right, they're having this conversation. I'm... I'm gonna... No, I'm, I'm gonna need... I'm gonna need Aubrey to roll to... to mm, probably manipulate someone. Yeah. Uh, and that is the reason that you're doing. Once you've given them a reason, the reason is do you want to see some cool magic? Yeah. And uh, what you want is to distract them so that I investigate. Rolled an 11 plus one. Holy Hachi, shit. Hachi, right. that's some good fucking magic. So they will do it for the reason that you gave them. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Where are you, like, leading them to? I'm, I'm basically just like, you know, whatever keeps his back to the car. Right. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I also will say, how distracted is he? Oh, I know what trick I'm going to do. I'm going to make his badge disappear because <laughs> it's a lawkeeper symbol. Okay. Oh, shit, I love that. Oh, it's so All right. good. Let's play that out. Okay, now, Dewey, I'm going to need something from you, something important. What, what on you right now is something that you would not only hate to lose, but maybe get in trouble? Oh, my God. Well, maybe not, Dewey. Maybe not. A oh gun. yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. That was dumb. I can't give you my gun. Yeah, I don't know what kind of David Blaine trick you're gonna do with my gun, but um, I got my um, I got my wallet. I got my keys. I got my badge. I got my phone. Let me uh, let me see the badge. That should be just about the right size. He hands it over. He says, "All right, but be careful. That's I I don't think I could get a replacement one, and Zeke will be pissed as hell if I if I lose that." Oh, I totally understand. I've never blown this trick before so while this is happening ned's investigating the car right <laughs> all right yeah we can jump yeah. over to that ned and duck are uh, over by the van okay so ned uh takes off his big puffy uh red yellow and blue vest okay and does uh an investigate check under the van uh yeah 
uh, go ahead and investigate a mystery. And I'm going to give you uh, plus one forward because, like, you have this driver tag that hasn't especially come in handy ever. Okay. But you, you do have, like, car auto experience. All right. And plus, uh, so I rolled a six plus the one would be right. seven plus two for sharp which I get Bring, to use here, too. Br- brings you up to nine. Uh, Duck, if you want to help him out somehow, we can get that up to a 10. Um, if you want to roll help out and explain, like, how you are helping out. Or, Aubrey, if you want to roll help out as sort of your distraction. Um, but you all, I, I don't think we've ever done help out, but you can you can get this from a mixed success, from a complete success, if you can tell me how you are helping Ned. Um, yeah, uh, let me try Let me... Do you want me to see if it works first before I waste time telling him? <laughs> no, I mean, if you it, here's the thing: if you decide to help out and it doesn't work, then it there is still a thing that happens. It's just probably not going to be great. Um, Ned, you should know that Rick was a real safe driver, and he would have taken really good care of his car. So I, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I just don't believe that he would have done something this reckless. It just doesn't seem like him. Um, all right, yeah, telling him a little bit about Rick, I think, will will help. Uh, go ahead and roll plus cool for help out. A 10. Okay, on a 10, your help grants them plus one to their roll, so that brings you up to a 10 on your investigative mystery. Two, that allows so you to... Oh, shit, cool. Uh, so hold two, Ned, and you get to ask two questions off the investigative mystery roll. Um, keeping in mind that, like, you're just looking at a car, and so there's a lot of stuff on here that's probably not going not gonna to be especially relevant. All right, tell me, uh, uh, I'm. how do I word, uh, I'm going to invest, really check out the brakes. Okay. Check out the brake line. And the, uh, the pedal and every, just the whole brake system. The, the whole brake thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that would be God, like, it's like listening to car talk over here. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got under the pads? Check the pads. Are the pads all right? I'm going to uh, look at the brake gum and the, the sticky widgets. <laughs> Um, I think that would be what happened here. Um, so, yeah, you check out the brake system. Uh, underneath the car and under the hood, there is, there's nothing wrong. The, the brake system is totally fine. There's the, you know, the brake line is working. There's, there's, there's brake fluid. Everything seems very well in, in just a good operating order, uh, mechanically speaking. Uh, you go and you check out the actual brake pedal, and the brake pedal is also fine but while you're down there sort of looking around uh and again like the front of the car is pretty pretty well well crumpled up and i think you probably even have kind of a hard time even getting into the driver's compartment to to look at the pedals um you you see something i think even actually it it, it's been moved over to the passenger side uh there's some bottles of like plastic bottles of like gatorade I think Rick was a big Gatorade fan, and so there's just a few bottles of Gatorade. And there's one that looks peculiar. Um, that that is, it's over in the passenger side floor, and you pick it up, and it's been kind of, uh, it's been kind of crushed. It's been crushed right like at the center of the bottle, uh, in like a, a very specific way, almost look like, like it looks like it got stomped on. And as you are sort of looking at it, and you look at the brake pedal, you kind of surmise that the indent of the crush of this bottle is the exact same height as the brake pedal. And so you figure out what happened here is this bottle got wedged under the brake pedal and probably kept Rick from being able to brake. And so just this freak accident kept him from being able to brake the car and sent him, sent him to his demise. Wow. You have one more, you have one that's more question. So, that, that's some Columbo shit right there. Well, you rolled a 10. You got one more question. What about the grill? As long as I'm, you know, in full-blown Columbo mode, let me check out the grill. Um, okay. I don't think there's... I, yeah, there's nothing really supernatural about the grill. There's nothing especially, like, weird. It just kind of looks like... Uh, and again, you're not, like, a forensic analyst, but it just kind of looks like this van hit a tree very hard and uh, was well, got very messed up because of it. One thing, uh, Duck, you are sort of there talking to Ned. One thing I think you noticed through the window uh, into the van, and I don't think this is like an investigative mystery because it's just very, very apparent. Uh, it is not something that you would have to like dig especially deep to realize. Uh, the van is empty, and 
he was an arborist, which meant like he was responsible for uh, if there was something like seriously wrong with a tree or some sort of rot that was like plaguing the trees uh, in the Monongahela forest. He would he would have like a lot of tools that he would use to, uh, you know, safely scale the trees and prune it or, you know, help deal with it. There's nothing in the van. All, all of these like all of these supplies and all of these tools are gone. They are not in the van. Duck, my friend, I, I'm afraid that deep down body thirst cost your friend Danimal his life. Um, <laughs> looks like, looks like a bottle of Gatorade went behind the brake pedal, and so this really does look like an accident. And I think it also goes to prove that trying to stay in shape is bad for you. So. The sour milk has claimed another victim. The sour sweat potion. I, um, Ned, I, I appreciate it. I really, we do need to talk about your uh, still held belief that Gatorade is part of a healthy lifestyle, but we'll get, I think there's time for that. I, um, I appreciate you checking anyway. You know, it's just, it's just a thought. It does look like an accident, though. Yep. Um, Aubrey, let's, let's finish your, uh, badge theft. If you, if this is something you want to go through with again, keep in mind, these are side missions that you don't have to do. It just helps you later on with your enchantment role, but fucking completionist. Yeah, I know you want to 100% this. You want to get all the, all the towers. I'm going to get all the feathers. I'm going to get all the flags. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so what's the, what's this trick look like? Because I can't just let you say, like, I do a magic trick and now I have his badge. Like, there has to be some sort of challenge to it. So I would say that there is a lot of, like, palming, but mostly it's like, oh, sorry, I thought it was here. Oh, is it there? Oh, you know, like, misdirect, like, his keys are now where his wallet was and his wallet is now where that was and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and there's just a lot of patter. And I will say that since he has already introduced the fact that he is a David Blaine fan, I'm going to go for kind of a David Blaine feeling reveal. You're going to eat the badge? No. I mean, that's what David would do, but okay. And But more the reveal, well, the lie is something along the lines of, all right, and boom, there you go, Dewey. There there, what goes? Where's my? Where is it? it you're supposed yeah. to like teleport it into an orange or something. I cut open the orange to have myself a little citrus snack, and then, damn, there's my badge. Dewey, yeah. I guarantee you, by the end of the day, you, your mind, it's gonna be blown. What does that mean, though? Because I do, yeah. I do. David Blaine. No, I'm tantalized. Ew. I just like you you've promised. been blamed. No, I, just I know. Freaked your bean. No, totally. But by the end of the day, you're telling me yeah. that. I'm going to find my badge again, and Sheriff Zeke's well, not going to get up. I think you'll be very surprised. Wink, wink. <laughs> she, says, she says wink, wink, but she doesn't wink. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try. <laughs> and, and, like, maybe there's a little, like, flash. But it's real? flash paper. This isn't, no, this isn't real magic. Okay. No, no, no. He says, all right, well, I'll, ke- I'll keep an eye out. I guess I'll be in touch with <laughs> Okay, all right. I, that actually hurts my eyes a little bit when you do yeah. it that close. Yeah, yeah magic. Ooh. Um, Ooh, Dewey magic. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, well, why don't y'all head on back to town? I'm, I'm seriously going to get my car because I'm just so fucking cold. Um, and as he sort of turns to walk back to the car, I think Ned and Duck, you all are already on your way back from the from the van. Um, and he, he tips his cap. He says, all right, um, y'all have a good day, Duck. Again, I'm, I'm real sorry. I hope this doesn't ruin your holidays, pal. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, and he gets in his car. Psst, Duck, I stole his badge? Am I gonna get in trouble? Aw, oh, man, I wish you hadn't done that. It's for the, it's for, because on the card? I know. You said, you said it was I a badge. Dewey's a nice guy. I don't know. I'll make it up to him. Alright, but Zeke's gonna have his ass. I don't know how we're gonna fix that, but. Then I'll steal Zeke's badge and I'll give Zeke's badge to Dewey. Great. Yes. That. Oh, this web of lies. <laughs> <laughs> um, you all drive away from from the scene of the crash, and uh, Dewey gets back in his car uh, and sits there for a while. I think he looks around his car for a while, looking to see if maybe he teleported his badge somewhere in his car, but he doesn't find it, so he kind of sighs and smiles, like, oh, no, where's it going to show up? Um, and then we sort of we see the crash 
um, from from the woods up the hill uh, from above the the crash, and there we see a figure on a snowmobile, and this figure is wearing a helmet and uh, was watching this scene intently as it played out. Saw everything that happened. Saw uh, the Ned and, and Duck investigating this car crash that they probably shouldn't have seen. Sees uh, Aubrey stealing the badge of a, a, a of a sheriff's deputy. Uh, and as you all drive off in the Lincoln, they turn the snowmobile and drive off back into the woods. Is it one of them fucking hornets? Hard move. So, uh, night starts to sort of descend as you all drive back down State Route 66 and into town. Uh, you, you pass the turnoff into the Cryptonomica and sort of drive into Kepler's Riverside. Um, and those Christmas lights are sort of streaking by as you drive across the main drag toward the ascent uh, back up to Amnesty Lodge on Cliffside. And the the temperature, now that the sun is down, it has just plummeted. Uh, the streets are clear. Nobody really wants to be out when it's this cold. And then a single flake falls on the windshield of your car. And then it is followed by a sudden, frenzied storm that starts to just completely cover your view. Um, outside, uh, through through the windows and the windshield, you can just barely see this storm being whipped about. These flakes are just being flung almost horizontally in your direction and through this you all see a figure just for a moment on the side of the road it is a humanoid figure wearing a brown robe that covers its entire imposing frame and from a distance you'd estimate it to be easily eight feet tall with with broad shoulders and thick muscular arms it's got these two large bags of some sort slung over its shoulders and you can't you can't see its face behind the hood of its robe but it stops and it turns to face you as you pass just as the storm outside finally and completely covers your view and then ned the engine of the lincoln sputters in this storm and then it backfires a few times and then it just dies, and your car rolls to a stop. And then, moments later, the storm just completely disappears. What do you do? Was it the Krampus? Griffin. I'm not going to tell you if it's the Krampus or not. But Was it's, it? it's, not, it's probably not the Krampus. Okay. That's what the Krampus would say. <laughs> I would have to tell you. I would have to tell you if I was the Krampus, or else it's entrapment. Okay, thank you. I can tell you who it was. It was Michael Jordan. No, <gasps> Harry, masturbate him. Um, uh, Jake Coolace actually says, "So uh, you all saw that too, right? Yeah, that had I've... the two scary bags. Yeah, 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 yeah." Did anybody right. notice if the bags were moving or not? Because that would be so much more creepy. Um, no, I didn't see anything like that. Um, Ned, is the car donezo? What's... I don't know. I, you know, a lot of this me knowing cars is such hogwash anyway. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, let me, I mean, it looks like it's full of gas. I mean, the radiator thing has got radiator juice in it. I, God, where is the hood release? I can never find the hood release. Okay, Aubrey gets out. Okay. Um, as as you step outside, you see that indeed, just like there is no storm. It is it is just gone completely. Uh, Ned's car has rolled to a stop in the middle of the street, sort of right in the heart of Riverside. Um, you just passed City Hall and the massive Christmas tree out in front, and the few mun- municipal buildings surrounding it. Uh, and on the other side of the, sort of the main drag that you're on is a handful of like the town's staple businesses. There's like a winter sports supply store. Uh, Dave's Dehumidifier Depot is here. Uh, Leo Turkesian's General Store is here. The Pizza Hut is here with its like it's got this like towering illuminated sign beckoning in drivers off the highway. Um, and and everything is just quiet. And so we don't see the figure now, right? Like it is gone, but okay. you are sort you are fairly close by to where you just saw it. Okay, well, I guess we go check out that area. You say we? Is it you and well, Duck? Are you heading with her? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I, I don't even think you need to investigate this because I don't think you necessarily need to. I, again, I think it's when there are things that are just like obvious that you can just see with your eyes and don't require any sort of additional sort of investigation. Um, you, you don't need to roll. You, you see tracks in the ground. You see hoof prints <gasps> in, in the ground. I knew it. And as you're sort of standing there looking at these these hoof prints that just kind of disappear from the place where uh, they were they were standing, where you saw this this figure, uh, there is a payphone uh, not too far away from where you are, about ten feet away, and it starts to ring. I look at Duck. Yeah. You get it. You get it. You somebody get the phone. Okay, I get it. You pick up the phone, Aubrey, and a sort of pleasant, sort of lilting voice answers. And this voice says, Hello, Aubrey. Can I speak to Duck Newton, please? It, uh, let me see if he's here. <laughs> it's for you? Uh, go for Duck. <laughs> you take the phone and the voice says, Hello, Duck. In three minutes, your friend Leo Turkesian is going to die. He will be crushed to death, as will the two customers currently shopping in his store. You might want to do something about that. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're Everything's Everything's Coming Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, and we've got some exciting news. Ooh, tell me. We are going to be doing some live podcast shows in some of our favorite cities. We're so excited, and we want to let you guys know out there in the Max Fun universe that we are coming to you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. On Saturday, September 15th, we will be at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Yeehaw. On Saturday, December 1st, we will be at the Alamo Draft. House, Sloan's Lake in Denver, Colorado. There's no basement in the Alamo. Mm, we'll find out. It's Friday, <laughs> December 7th, we are going to be at the Vera Project in Seattle, Washington. Oh, God. Uh, Nirvana. Yes. Okay. And Saturday, December 8th, we will be at Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Matt Groening lives there. Yeah. Or once lived there. He, he still lives there in our hearts. So um, make sure that you mark your calendars for those dates, and we will be posting the ticketing links on our Twitter. That is at SimpsonsPod, and we will smell you later. Kardashians. Michael Cohen. Hashtags. Clickbait. Memes. Oh. <laughs> Debunking. Rebunking. <laughs> Regular sized bunking. Bodie McBoatface. Do any of these words make sense to you? Then maybe Trends Like These is the podcast you should be listening to. We put an episode every week on MaximumFun.org. Hosted by me, Travis McElroy. And me, Courtney Enlow. And me, Brent Black. Trends Like These on MaximumFun.org. Because with Trends Like These, who needs any memes? Ah? Ah? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. (laughs) 